uh, want to spend some time talking about the impact of the last two years on the education system and by extension, obviously, kids. Coming up on the two-year anniversary of the first school closure, was it March 16th, I think, was uh, the first day here in Alberta uh, that school was closed. That remained the case uh, through the rest of that school year. And, you know, since then, it's been kind of on and off for kids with school closures or extended school closures. You know, a lot of kids uh, through this pandemic, certainly we have the isolation rules in place, you know, away from school for weeks at a time. It's all been pretty disruptive. And for the moment, you know, here in Alberta, things are more or less uh, normal. Although, I mean, there is still some, some disruption in terms of absenteeism. But no doubt this has had a considerable impact. Have we really taken the time to measure that impact and then in turn prepare a response? Like, how do we make up for this? How do we help kids recover from this? There's an interesting piece up at thehub.ca this week, asking those very questions and proposing some solutions. Uh, Paul Bennett is the author of that piece. He's the director of the Schoolhouse Institute in Halifax, adjunct professor of education at St. Mary's University, and author of the book, uh, most recently, The State of the System, a reality check on Canada's schools. Uh, he joins us on the line here this morning. Professor Bennett, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Rob. You know, maybe we're still not at the point of being able to take a step back and really fully assess the impact of the last two years, but do you think we're, we're well past the point of, of doing that? Well, we should be, Rob, because yeah. we're facing a recovery mission, and that's what the article and the Hub pointed out was the importance of us recognizing just how much farther behind students are and that there are cumulative effects of missing that much school. What's your sense of, of how disruptive, how, how damaging this has all been? Well, looking across the country, we're quite, it's quite clear that it depended on which province you were in because uh, students missed between uh, 9 and um, 22 weeks of school. In Alberta, where you are, um, the most reliable comparison had Alberta at 16 weeks lost for elementary and 19 secondary as of the 15th of, of May, which is the benchmark where there was a detailed analysis done by the Ontario Science Table. So Alberta is about average for the amount of time that was lost through school cancellations and pivoting to online learning. But essentially across the um, developed world, the average was about 14 to 16 weeks and at the high point of the pandemic, 1.6 billion students were out of school. That was April of 2020, and 5.1 million Canadian students were among them. As you say, though, I mean, a lot of that time was spent learning, at least. I mean, it's not as though, you know, the, the, the classes were cancelled altogether. But in terms of the, the difference between in-class cl in learning and remote learning, how, how stark are those differences in your view? great deal of difference and we're much more aware of it now having experienced about two years of on and off pivoting to online learning and doing it on very short notice keep in mind that what we experienced was called emergency home learning it was a triage system it was almost like being in the um, emergency room and lots of experiments going on so it wasn't ideal um, there were many forecasts, Rob, about how much kids would be would have lost. Northwest Education Association put out some really scary forecasts in 2020, suggesting that there were kids would be so far behind they'd never catch up. What we know now is that uh, there's now evidence emerging, 
and not so much in Canada, but across um, most of the world, of how much they've suffered as a result of these disruptions. Yes, um, I think online learning helped, but there's still a net loss in learning. Well, what metrics are we looking to? I mean, do we see, uh, for example, you know, grades dropping off or test scores dropping off? Or, or where do we see this manifested? How do we find this evidence? Our best um, tools for assessing this are um, tests, standardized tests that are administered, or specific tests that are administered to try to assess for diagnostic purposes where students are from one um, at one point or another. And you do have an advantage in Alberta because you've got um, Dr. George Giorgio, who's conducted by far the best assessments of, of uh, literacy. And he found that, say, for grade one students in Alberta, in two areas, Edmonton and Vermilion, they were between eight months and a full year behind as of September of the last uh, school year. So, um, but that's, that's really reliable and good data uh, carried out under supervision. And I think that's fairly reliable. Uh, the estimates in the UK are between two months behind and two years behind, depending on the school and the educational jurisdiction. But we know one thing. They are behind in two areas, in literacy and in numeracy. Those are the two areas. And it's hit the elementary students far worse than secondary school students. Now, you know, it's, I think a very Canadian way of responding would be, you know, to, to spend several months uh, studying all of this and set up various panels and commissions or whatever. But I think part of the point you're making here in your piece is that we need to start acting now, right, to, to try to, to help students recover. So what's the, your concern about, you know, the potential for even further delay before we start to take some action? I'll give you a phrase which I think encapsulates it. We've got a problem of data starvation, we suspended all, set, all tests, evaluations. We don't have a whole lot of basis upon which to make the kind of uh, improvements. We don't even have the data that is required to set up a recovery plan. And um, People for Education did a scan uh, province to province across the country, all 10 provinces and three territories, and they came up with this conclusion, which was rather shocking. Only four of the 13 jurisdictions had any um, data collection that would prepare um, them to a address the learning shortfall. Um, in the piece too, and I'm sure you're going to get to this, I do come up with three concrete ways that mm -hmm. school systems can come to terms with this. Yeah, let's talk about those. Where, where do we need to focus right now, do you think? Well, first of all, we need to get the data and we need to have a more coherent and integrated response to uh, recognizing what we should have known all along there is a serious problem of learning recovery. So first, we need to revamp the entire K-12 to curriculum, recognizing that kids are going to be considerably behind where they normally would be. We have to extend certain areas, and we have to bridge, and we have to find ways of allowing them to get back on track so they'll graduate with a reasonable degree of competency comparable to what existed before. It won't be... It won't be the same, but it should be better than it is. Secondly, we need to focus on the core competencies that really matter, reading and numeracy. And there needs to be real efforts there focusing on those for all children because we know that in the elementary grades they've suffered. And third, and I think really important, is the learning gaps and the knowledge gaps have um, fallen unevenly on those in marginalized communities 
And the greatest sufferers we know already are special needs students who depend on teachers who need to have constant guidance and direction. They have really suffered, and uh, we are going to see that in the years ahead. We've already seen it in the um, evidence of misbehavior and lots of kids acting out. All over North America, there are reports of how difficult it is to settle kids down now that they're back in school. But I think we, we can't delay. I made the case in this piece that it's a matter of urgent necessity, and mm-hmm. I think it should preclude a lot of other things. I mean, are there any signs that any provinces are are, are taking this approach? I think you know, my concern would be that we've almost got a, like a political conflict of interest here where, you know, this is provincial jurisdiction. The province has got to take the lead, but I think a lot of governments are going to be loath to admit, you know, that they made decisions that, that had a negative impact on kids. That's a real big problem. And I also think that we've got an educational leadership that was incredibly slow to realize what was happening. Uh, you could expect that they'd be shocked at the beginning because it was a pandemic shock that that uh, traumatized everyone, but you'd expect mm-hmm. them to recover. They simply didn't click into learning recovery mode. And um, But you've got um, British Columbia, which has done some data collection and has a, a, a recovery plan. Quebec has quite a detailed learning recovery plan. Interestingly enough, Quebec has more tests and exams than any other province, so they're much more conscious of wanting the students to be able to perform at level or at at reasonable levels because they didn't suspend their testing and assessments. One of the things that we've learned across North America is that those jurisdictions that maintained a level of assessment across time, the kids are doing better. And um, essentially, there's going to be a day of reckoning for kids and uh, who have not had the benefit of a school system where there was consistent testing and evaluation across time. Well, folks, I read your piece. It's up, as mentioned, at thehub.ca, much more at uh, schoolhouseconsulting.ca. Dr. Bennett, thanks so much for joining us here uh, this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks for the invitation, Rob. All the best. Uh, That is Paul Bennett. He is, uh, as mentioned, director of the Schoolhouse Institute in Halifax, adjunct professor of education at St. Mary's University, uh, the author of the book, State of the System, a reality check on Canada's schools. And uh, so his piece up at thehub.ca.